What's good, everyone? This is episode five of the Daily Commute Show presented by FYS Sports Debates. I am your host, Abil Mahari, also known as Mahari Nation Sports Podcast. I want to thank all the listeners on Spotify, Apple Music, Samsung, and Google Podcasts, wherever you have found us. I want to thank all you guys for tuning into this great episode of the Daily Commute Show. If you are new to the channel, please subscribe to our YouTube channel, channel FYF Sports Debates, and obviously our Daily Commute Podcast Show. This is a platform where we host, in which we host heated sports debates with our listeners, present factual evidence, and challenge mainstream media narratives. We're not here to disrespect athletes or any listeners who have a different opinion, but present evidence and challenge the accepted narratives that have been that are basically labeled as facts. All you have to come in with is an open mind. In this show, we're going to discuss the top three reasons why the Brooklyn Nets failed to achieve championship level expectations set for themselves when they achieved having having two superstars in Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. Heading into the 2022 season, the Nets were consensus favorites for the NBA championship, or at least, at least become the representatives of the Eastern Conference. Despite falling short in last year's playoffs at the hands of the Milwaukee Bucks, with the star power of Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, and James Harden, and along with Steve Nash taking the reins as head coach, the dream of a championship was on the horizon. But when the season began, drama, controversy, questionable decisions, and injuries played a major role in the downfall of this talented team. Despite making the playoffs through the play-in game and making it as a seventh seed, the Nets immediately ran into the hottest team in the NBA since the All-Star break, the Boston Celtics. And after the Celtics made quick work of the, of the Nets in four games, there's certainly a lot of blame to be just around. But in this episode right here, we're going to get into the meat and gritty about what are the main reasons why the Brooklyn Nets failed this year. And also, you can look back even last year, too, as well. So, with that being said, let's get into the top three reasons, shall we? Here we go, folks. So, reason number one. I'm going to put the, ma- the majority of the blame on Steve Nash for, the, for the several different reasons. Number one. During the entire series against the Boston Celtics, what I saw into that series was is that he relied way too much on isolation basketball. Now let me get let's get something straight here. There's certain times in basketball where you can use the isolation to try to create you know action on one side of the floor or another, or to try to create some plays to get your other teammates involved. But in this particular series, what the uh, Boston Celtics tried to do was double and sometimes collapsed the paint against Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. And when you were looking back in that entire series, it looked as if that both Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant were just flustered and pretty much couldn't figure out what to do against the Celtic vaunted defense, right? And pretty much the most of the majority of that series, Steve Nash made little to no adjustments and basically changing up his offense, okay? And most times he didn't let, he didn't use many of his rotational players, okay? And which leads into another point too as well. Questionable rotations. He had Andre Drummond and Blake Griffin and LaMarcus Aldridge as your big people. Why he didn't use it is beyond me. 
you had you need you knew that in order for them to win this series and to go against Al Hofer and also with Williams in the paint against the Celtics, you had to use those guys to really become energy and energy players to help out the other guys on the floor. Steve Nash did not do that until game four when he played in Blake Griffin, right? And so to me, the main issue that we're discussing about it is this. Steve Nash, to me, is more of a uh, player personnel type of a coach. If you ask Steve Nash to help develop a ta talented players and try to achieve their uh, potential as superstars, Steve Nash is very capable of doing that. But if you ask him to basically become a head coach and try to perform X's and O's, and also the fact that if you ask him to try to make critical adjustments during postseason time, he's not capable of doing that. And most of the times in that throughout the entire series, what did he do? Strictly went into one-on-one -on -one isolation basketball in which the Celtics could easily defend that at any different at any time. Right? So at the end of the day, the pretty much the main key thing is this. Steve Nash is just not the right coach for this particular team. Now, it's already been reported that the, that the Brooklyn Nets management had no intentions of firing Steve Nash despite being swept out of the playoffs. I'm here to tell you right now, Steve Nash, to me, isn't the right fit for this team. Way too simplistic on his offense and very pretty much predictable. Okay, and remember, you have to also rewind back to where his origination of the offense came from, mostly from Mike D'Antoni's 10 seconds or less, more of isolation type of basketball. Okay, and pretty much when that happened was is that he relied on that isolation ball a lot and pretty much didn't deviate from it and pretty much didn't deviate his offense. There was not a lot of diversity into it. And when you pretty much don't use a lot of your rotational players in key moments, that pretty much puts a lot of a lot of strength, a lot of strain, a lot of on Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving to pretty much produce at, on every single night. And pretty much the Celtics pretty much bully them all over the court. So if, in order for the Brooklyn Nets to really achieve themselves, the talent that they're supposed to be, I think Steve Nash needs to be removed as head coach and bring in a different kind of coach that's going to, you know, set in some structure and set in some guidelines of how this team is going to operate and can put them put the commitment to excellence and into winning the right way all the time. Which leads into reason number two here. Reason number two why the Brooklyn Nets failed to achieve championship level ex expectations. Kyrie Irvin. Now, I want to make this very, very clear, okay? I am in no way going to criticize Kyrie Irving for his decision of not taking the vaccine. It's his choice. But we're strictly talking about basketball here. And when you think about the fact that how Kyrie Irving decided not to take the vaccine before the season began, put the Brooklyn Nets in the in the eight ball early on this year. Because the, because the problem was at the time, New York didn't, New York's mandates on vaccine was not lifted yet. All right. It was not lifted. So therefore, Kyrie Irving could only play games on the road. And outside of Ben Simmons, which we're not going to discuss about it too much, but I'll bring it up in a little bit. Kyrie Irving is one of the biggest, you know, drama kings in the NBA because everything about Kyrie Irving has to placate to what he likes. All right. And most times his selfish personality rubs people sometimes the wrong way. And when it comes, when it came to James Harden here, all right, James Harden knew his reputation of failures in the postseason, and he knew that coming to Brooklyn would one would be one of his best chances to win a championship. 
But when Kyrie Irving decided not to take the vaccine and pretty much become a part-time player until New York lifted the vaccine uh, mandate, I should say the COVID mandate, all right? That pretty much put the Nets, Nets in a very difficult position. James Harden saw the writing on the wall and saw how toxic it was going to be and pretty much played himself out of shape, all right? And then pretty much made his trade request, you know, viable to the to the Nets organization in which it led to the trade of Ben Simmons, all right? Now, as far as Ben Simmons is concerned, I'm going to say one little quick nugget about Ben Simmons. He already went through back surgery and he's going to be pretty much out you know, pretty much the majority of the offseason. So hopefully he'll be get back into shape and pretty much sounds up his critics. All right. But as you guys already have been hearing about my criticism about Ben Simmons on my last podcast, you can go ahead and take a listen to that yourselves and see what I have to say about that. But back to the subject at hand here. The problem with Kyrie Irving is simple as this. Kyrie Irving is outside of the, of the vaccine choice. All right. The man always was people off the wrong way and everything has to go right for him to placate to his needs but then even if everything goes perfectly fine for Kyrie Irving you still can't rely on him to pretty much be there when it's when it's time to get yourselves going in the playoffs all right when I look back at his stat line all right this is something that is going to shock a lot of people all right Maybe not a lot of fans who watch basketball a lot of the time. But I'm going to tell you something right now. Throughout his 11 seasons in the NBA, all right, dating back to his time in Cleveland and his only two remaining seasons in Boston, the man has never played 82 games his entire career. He's played 70-plus games twice in his career, right? He's also played, he's also played, when I look at the stat line right here, he's played 70 games, I should say, at least three times. 60 games twice, all right, and 59 games and 50, probably 50 plus games at least three different times. So, what my point is is that Kyrie Irving, as talented of a basketball player as he is, the man basically lives in his own world, he chooses what he wants to do, and sometimes without the injuries and everything else in between, to me, he's the kind of player that you can't just rely upon. You know when it's time to get yourself going to come around postseason time, and and pretty much this, and pretty much all the decision that he makes pretty much aligns with my point. All right, and so at the end of the day, you know we already know how talented this man is. He's already he's an NBA champion. All right, the man is one of the greatest dribblers, one of the best shooters, and one of the best scorers that we've ever seen in the point guard position in the NBA. But when you talk about a guy that you know has had injury problems you know, controversial decisions outside of basketball, all right? The man, in a sense, it's hard, to, it's hard to trust him to be around on your team. And especially when you're trying to, you know, have a one-two, you know, star combination on your team with Kevin Durant. To me, even though those two guys, you know, are very good friends and see each other eye and eye off the court, on the court, their games in terms of how they play don't really mesh well with one another and sometimes it shows even during the season when they were still trying to when they were struggling to try to get to the playoffs so at the end of the day you know to me you know Kyrie Irving if things don't go right for him you know he turned he basically something something in his mind or something physically 
just goes the wrong way and everything turns in, turns into complete crap. Last year's playoffs, for example, he injured his ankle against, you know, the against the Milwaukee Bucks. Again, not his fault. Injuries happen, right? Then he decides not to take the take the uh, vaccine. Again, his choice. But again, you have to realize by making that decision, it pretty much put the team in a very difficult position. And there's no side, there's no way to circumvent around that. And it's just one of those things where you think to yourself that is is bringing in Kyrie Irving really worth the risk? That's a question you have to ask yourself when you really think about that. Which also leads to reason number three. And this is the biggest reason of all why the Brooklyn Nets had failed in the last two seasons to achieve a championship. And it's the main superstar on the roster. Yes, I'm talking about Kevin Durant. Listen, Kevin Durant is without a doubt universally one of the best basketball players in the NBA. Now, I've heard some other, you know, YouTubers talking about it that he doesn't belong in the top 10 or he's out of their own top 10. To me, he's always been a top 10 player and I'm always, and I'm going to continue to stay by that. But right now, the criticism that he's been taking is pretty much warranted. When I saw him perform against the Boston Celtics, this was the first time probably going back to his Oklahoma City days that I saw Kevin Durant getting bullied, getting pushed around, and he looked like as if he wasn't even the best basketball player. For a guy of, of his high-level skill set as Kevin Durant, you should never have been swept out of the playoffs at any level of his career. You know, all the great players that have been that have basically been there in the playoffs, they were sometimes close. That it basically came down to one's play that just either went good or went or went bad. That pretty much decided the outcome of the game. But in that entire series against the against the Boston Celtics, the, the Celtics, what they did was double and triple team and harass him at both ends of the floor. And pretty much Kevin Durant, even though he was basically still averaging, as I pull up the stats right here real quick, even though he was still averaging 26 points a game against the against the uh, against the Boston Celtics, we got to be real with ourselves here. The man has been averaging pretty much around 25 to 35 points a game, even going back to his Oklahoma City days when he was when he was showing his great skill set of creating his own shot and pretty much shooting over the top of people because of his long length and size. But he looked like he wasn't the best player out there, and it looked as if he was just just accepted getting bullied and getting pushed around. I never saw that out of Kevin. I never seen that out of Kevin Durant at any level of time in his entire career. And it just felt as if that the man just accepted the being that he was taking. And if we're really being honest with ourselves here, and yes, we're gonna go take this route. Outside of those two championships that he that he won with Golden State, the man has not succeeded in the postseason. He's had failure after failure after failure. Remember, this was the same superstar that was up three games to one in 2016 against the Golden State Warriors, the same team that he would join in the offseason. He was up three games to one and choked the last three ball games in closing out the series. That's what people are going to remember for more than anything else. They'll still remember him for his championships, but we have to keep in mind, even when he was winning those championships in Golden State, he wasn't even the central focus of those teams. 
When I looked at a stat line one time, when you look back at those times when LeBron James was, was basically doubled in baby sleep, triple team, he was doubled up 40 times in this in his final series against the Golden State Warriors. For Kevin Durant in 2017, in those same finals, he was only doubled twice, which meant that the Cleveland Cavaliers, the central focus was target Steph Curry because he was still the alpha player of that Golden State Warriors team. And outside of those two championships, which you can pretty much put it into question now, Kevin Durant has not performed well up to his capabilities in the postseason. And that's pretty much what it is. All right. And the other two and the other issue is simple as this. The other problem that I've saw with Kevin Durant throughout his entire career is, is that his leadership qualities have been pretty much in major question. You know, when I look at Kevin Durant as a basketball player, he's very talented, very versatile, and can pretty much do a lot of great things for you. But when it comes down to, you know, gathering the troops and leading a team, he falls short off the mark. It, like to me, he reminds me a lot of times of Kawhi Leonard, a guy who's pretty much silent, doesn't show any kind of vocal leadership at all. And pretty much both those guys lack in those certain kind of qualities. All right. So to me, you know, Kevin Durant has to take a lot of blame for this. All right. And unfortunately, you know, this is going to count against his legacy too. It does. Listen, he'll be in the hall of fame. There's no doubt about that at all. But because of the fact that you went to a team that you pretty much held a three games to one lead against the Golden State Warriors, and then you jump ship after that. Unfortunately, a lot of people are going to look at those championships with major question. I'm not because at the end of the day, every championship is valid in my in my personal perspective. But there's going to be a lot of people that will look at those two championships and they're going to look at them like, listen, you won those two championships because you went on a loaded team. But if we saw, but if once he became the main guy of any team, Kevin Durant has fallen short every single time and unfortunately people are going to be looking at that and they're going to look at that when they're discussing about who are the greatest players in NBA history and unfortunately it's unfair but that's just the way it is so for the Brooklyn Nets to really try to achieve their expectations of winning a championship number one they have to get healthy which means Ben Simmons whatever he has to do to get his back back right he needs to get in, get into the gym, get into rehab, get his back right, get in himself in a premium shape, and start culminating relationships with both of those two guys. Number two, and this is the most important thing, they have to be injured-free. That means Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant cannot afford to miss any level of games. They have to commit themselves to playing at least 70 games or even maybe close to 80 games, if it's possible or not. But also in the fact that the uh, Kevin, the... Uh, Brooklyn Nets need to make serious adjustments to their roster, which means they need to bring in lengthy defenders. They need to bring in physical guys in the front line to basically allow Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving to do what they normally do best, and that is score the basketball. I think you also have to consider the fact that if Steve Nash is going to be the coach, then Steve Nash needs to prove that he can pretty much set a better ro substitution rotation and, and try to set proper rules with the guys that he had with the players that he has on his roster because this year there i never saw any coach that had more different rotations than steve nash did you can make an argument the same we said for the los angeles lakers too and i'm going to get to the los angeles los angeles lakers lakers in a separate podcast so stay tuned for that 
in the next couple in the next couple of days but the the big thing that i think people need to realize is is that would if they make those serious you know commitment to making those changes to the roster then i truly believe that the brooklyn nets have a chance to come out of the eastern conference and win a championship they have two of the most talented players in the league on the same team but right now the way they played this year i don't know if they're gonna even even sniff a championship let alone even one of the top two one of the top seeds in the eastern conference at this point with the talent and the roster that is set forth as of this point right now so i have to say the uh, brooklyn nets have a lot of work to do to try to improve this roster because if they don't i promise you there's gonna be a lot more criticism coming this way and it won't be pretty i'm just give i just broke down all three reasons why the brooklyn nets self-destructed this year but i wanted to we'll let you guys know what do you guys think in the comp what do you guys think do you agree with those reasons or do you think that there's more to the reason why the Brooklyn Nets struggled this year? I like to I let you I like to th let you guys know this has been a very fun you know discussion though, but I really want to see what you guys think because the point of this whole show is is to try to see what people's opinions about it if they come in with a good proper context co contextual you know argument about what was wrong with the Nets or any other subject that we may bring up. That's the point of FYF sports debates. It's basically give you guys good, honest sports debates with actual physical evidence. And that's what I'm hoping that I brought you in today's episode of the Daily Commute Show. But I hope you guys enjoyed this episode today of the Daily Commute Show during your break time at work, while you're driving, or just sitting back on your couch, you know, and just listening to me talk and listening to me, you know, you know, express my opinions about basketball or any other sport that you guys want me to, you know, you know to discuss about but let me know what you guys think in the think in the comment section below do you agree with those reasons or do you have a different opinion about that i'm anxious to know because in the next time when we have these kind of conversations on youtube or on spotify or on any other platform that, that we have fif sports debates we're gonna we're gonna basically use a lot of our same talking points and really try to build an excellent debate about a lot of these subjects here because i'm telling you something right now after the playoffs is over with, we're gonna we're gonna see the NBA offseason, and there's gonna be a lot of moves that are gonna be made during the offseason. And if you're a Nets fan, you better hope that the Nets management can fix a lot of the weaknesses on the team that I explained to you about in this episode. So, but this is a Bill Mahari represent representing FYS Sports Debates, aka Mahari Nation Sports Podcast. And make sure to subscribe to our channel on YouTube as well and all the other platforms that we have for you on on have for you to check out FYS Sports Debates. Y'all have a great day. I'll see y'all next time. Peace. Head to head, you can't compete with me. It's no debate, you too fake, and it's too real with me. What's the topic? I'll block it. I keep that shield with me. Ammo loaded, I'm cocking. I got that steel with me. What you talking is nonsense. Blow off your conscience. I'm a living sickness, Magic Johnson. By that action, no Bronson. I'm a King LeBron. And the whole league is fuck your feelings. Who you thought it would be? Catch me in the streets. Internet thugs just typing. No keys in advance from ticket TV. Sign that permission slip, please. That max ether gon' heat you, make you fall to your knees. No way out, this the firm.